Hello and welcome to the Cap Gemini podcast. I'm Gary Taylor, your host for today's session on Microsoft's Windows Virtual Desktop. I'm delighted to be joined today by two experts on the subject, Microsoft's Jim Moyle and IGL's James Shaw. So I'll start by asking our guests to introduce themselves, starting with Jim. Thanks, Gary. I currently work for Microsoft. I came across actually through the uh, purchase of the FS Logics technology just over a year ago now. Um, I'm a current Citrix CTP. I also founded and, and currently run the UK Citrix user group, which has now been going an amazing 12 years. Um, <clears throat> I am currently the senior tech specialist on Windows Virtual Desktop for Microsoft. Oh, thanks, Jim. Thanks very much. Uh, and James? Yes, uh, thanks, Gary. Uh, so James Shaw, I work uh, for iGel. And uh, I've actually been with iGel since uh, August of last year, although uh, uh, my background um, previous to that, I, I used to work at Citrix and for um, three years. And uh, for iGel, I'm, I'm currently uh, involved with uh, developing our relationships with uh, global SI partners such as Capgemini. So that's me. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. So, I mean, this subject seems particularly topical at the moment to me because of the uh, the coronavirus uh, that's spreading around the world at the moment. Uh, and obviously, Windows Virtual Desktop seems to be, you know, a particularly interesting uh, potential solution to to help, you know, you know organisations to, uh, to, to continue to work in this kind of difficult situation. But I guess my, my first question was really going to be to Jim. And why, why did Microsoft decide now was the right time to... to uh, put this kind of service out there? Uh, why, why now for Windows Virtual Desktop? So I think the time is is very apposite. People are uh, really looking at their the cloud part of their IT infrastructure as being a lot more mature than it, it ever used to be. And let's face it, desktop virtualization isn't the easiest thing to do in the world and, and get it right. And you need so many different jigsaw pieces from from all over sort of the IT landscape, from storage, networking, to security, to GPUs, to um, you know excellently performing VMs. And I think that it's only recently where all of those pieces in cloud have come together to actually manage to form this uh, this this solution. So given that where organizations are on their cloud journey and also the services that you can now provide from cloud, it seems that the right time to, to put together a service like this. And I think that, you know, let's leave the current health scares to, to one side, but we've seen over the past 12 months an, an amazing growth, an amazing uptake of, of Windows Virtual Desktop, um, not just on its own, but also also with uh, with partners using WVD as a, as a platform. It's been <clears throat> super successful. So, yes. Interesting. Okay. Uh, what, what sort of organizations are you typically kind of aiming at with this, this, uh, this type of service, Jim? So when you're launching a service, there's always the sort of thing in the back of your mind. Okay, so who is this going to be relevant for? Is it is it going to be the big boys? Is it going to be people who already use a lot of uh, desktop virtualization on premises, or is it going to appeal to the smaller people or people who've already got a large cloud footprint? And I kind of thought it would be a little bit more greenfield, a little bit more smaller when we were originally starting, but 
I turned out not to know what I was talking about because what we have actually seen is uptake from all over the world. So geography doesn't seem to be that much of an impediment. And um, every single type of organization is running workloads in production on on the service from the very very largest people who've got over 100,000 desktops now they don't have over 100,000 desktops in the cloud as yet but they've got a significant portion of their estate right to you know 10 users and less because of that consumption model that is uh, traditionally one the cloud plays is is uh, is very attractive to them interesting okay and and James I guess question for yourself I mean Obviously, Windows Virtual Desktop, great solution, service running from, from Azure. How, how does an IGEL solution really support that kind of uh, solution? Um, so, I mean, if we, if we look at, you know, what IGEL has been doing for the last 20 years, which is really, you know, developing and designing a, a, an optimized operating endpoint operating system for cloud workspaces or virtual desktops, um, you know, and and really, last if we go back to last year, um, we started working with with Microsoft to really look at how we could um, uh, build the, the kind of the first Linux based endpoint operating system, um, which could be validated and certified with Microsoft for for Windows Virtual Desktop, and uh, and we released that in uh, uh, we went general availability with that at the end of January. And that really allows, you know, our, our joint customers the ability to access their, their, their Windows 10, their Windows virtual desktops, you know, their cloud environments on really any existing x86 based endpoint um, using a really lightweight and sort of secure um, read only operating system. And uh, we're seeing, uh, you know, in the same way that Jim was saying about the interest in uh in the Microsoft Windows Virtual Desktop, you know, we're seeing a huge amount of interest in in organisations that that want to take advantage of that. So, would you say, James, that it's it's something to do with the fact that you know, when an, an organisation has chosen to go to Windows Virtual Desktop, they still need some sort of mechanism for managing the endpoints that connect to that virtual desktop? Absolutely, I, I think I think you can define it in, into one of three areas. Um, I think the the first one is is that those organisations that that are looking at Windows Virtual Desktop and cloud workspaces, and you know may not have the endpoint capabilities for doing so. Um, so we're seeing you know a huge amount of interest from organisations that are, are taking the iGel operating system and converting their existing endpoint estate. So whether that be a an older PC, an older laptop, an older thin client, and you know, uh, and actually taking the iGel OS and you know, so and and allowing them access to the Windows Virtual Desktop, you know, and therefore you know, either eliminating or reducing or or, or even deferring their kind of B- PC refresh budget. So, you know, that that is that is one aspect is that whole you know, saving of capital expense, you know, when they want to move to a, a Windows virtual desktop. Um, I think that the second part is really where organizations that are looking to sort of standardize and, and unify all their endpoints into a, a single management platform. 
Um, you know, we've, we've got customers that are looking at you know, managing tens or hundreds of thousands of endpoints remotely um, through our management tool. Uh, you know, and therefore they're they're starting to reduce their operational um, costs. You know, the reducing their support calls. Um, you know, reducing the number of you know individual field maintenance people out there managing and supporting the individual endpoints. Um, and and yeah, so you know, we as one customer said, you know, if with Windows Virtual Desktop, now that we're able to get our Windows 10 desktops, you know, delivered easily from the cloud you know why is there the need to kind of double up and having you know the windows on the actual endpoint and that's where igel seeing a you know huge amount of uh, interest so the the igel partnership with microsoft has been <clears throat> really interesting to watch grow over the past sort of 12 and a bit months because just over 12 months the 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 partnership hadn't really started yet there was there was nothing there and from both sides of this coin to grow from you know, eff- effectively a standing start to this, the shape that the, the partnership is in now with many joint customers. You, you, um, you had your CEO up on stage with the head of uh, WVD Engineering at uh, Microsoft Big Conference at Ignite. You're the only um, thin client vendor which is uh, certified as ready for Windows Virtual Desktop. You sent engineers over to Redmond. It's been an an amazing thing to to watch and, and watch grow. So kudos to to the team at IGL. It's uh, it's been really impressive. What well, what about security, guys? I mean, it, it seems to me that I mean the, the paramount thing that most organisations will be looking at is, is is security, and I mean that for both solutions, really, from a Windows Virtual Desktop point of view and an IGL point of view. So, I guess I'll, I'll direct that question first at yourself, Jim. I mean, how how am Microsoft addressing that? So security is always top of mind for everybody. Um, we actually uh, re-architected how the um, remote desktop protocol connection flow works completely. And we have something called reverse connect, which means that whether from the endpoint, whether that's IGEL or uh, customers bring your own device, or whether it's the, the subscription that, uh, that you're working from, you do not need to open a single inbound port into anything that you manage. So it is all outbound, encrypted, over 443, and is tied together at the control plane, which makes the, the network security team super happy not having to open any, any inbound ports. Everything is encrypted by um, uh, default. All storage in the cloud is encrypted by default, but you can encrypt it with your own keys as well. There's network security groups, there's cloud-based firewalls, there's all kinds of things which I see people taking advantage of. You know, and Microsoft makes a billion dollar investment into cybersecurity every year for Azure. And just by throwing your workloads into, into Azure, you can take advantage of that massive um, security investment that, that Microsoft makes. So yeah, um, it's, it's a great story to be able to tell. And I think I think that goes really well with um, what Jim was saying about the, the work that the two teams have been doing together. Um, you know, where where all of those security and, and as as Jim explained that you know the vast wealth of of expertise and and resource that that Microsoft is able to focus on on security, um, and then the enhancement of you know the IGEL 
solution from from an endpoint perspective you know we're, we're talking the igel os is 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 nothing more than a lightweight linux based you know read only um uh, operating system so it's you know it's got a minimum attack surface and um you know right out at the endpoint which you know a number of organizations look at you know some of the most vulnerable areas of their net you know the network on the network edge and you know and then you know enhancing that with integration with enterprise level security vendors and features you know two two factor authorization smart card readers you know and in some cases we can you know provide a chain of trust right from the processor into the microsoft azure cloud so um, yeah, I think it's that close collaboration that Jim referred to earlier that really starts that you can really start to see the, the sort of the end to end security aspect of, of the joint solution. Excellent. So, um, one of the biggest challenges, I mean, we've all worked in, in, um, in, in virtualization for a long time. Um, one of the biggest challenges is always around managing of the installed apps um, on, uh, within that environment. So, Jim, is there any, any kind of you know, particular vision that Microsoft has for how that potentially could happen or, or will happen in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, let's 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 take a, a, a look at, at what people are currently doing now so either they're using msis and you know automated or even you know manual or documented installs um, to get applications into the images they're also using application layering or application streaming technologies like app v to um, get those uh, applications into the image in a dynamic way and to be honest over the last 20 odd years Nothing really has worked for everybody in every situation. And that problem of delivering applications is, is one that's, that's kind of always been around. There's a new packaging format coming out from Microsoft called MSIX. And this will replace MSI, it will replace AppV, it will replace AppX. And it will be the single packaging format that admins can use to deploy to offline use laptops or desktops or virtualized or cloud. So it's a really interesting move. Now, there is some containerization technologies built into MSIX, which will separate the application from the OS, which means that one of those old problems that we had that um, that you couldn't tell what an application was going to do or it wouldn't uninstall cleanly, those issues should go away. And for WVD, or in fact, any virtualized desktop environment, we can add a technology which we call app attached to that MSIX packaging format, which means that you could take a vendor-supplied application without any resequencing or repackaging you could then place that on SMB Share, entitle the user to use it, and without any other steps, you would then have that application appear for the user without being installed, even though it looks completely installed. And you don't even require a logon event to do that. It's really exciting being part of this new way to deliver applications. Now, it's not ready yet. There is a public preview. So if you want to go to the Windows Virtual Desktop documentation page, you're going to have a look at the public preview. And maybe, you know, we've got to wait for the marketplace to mature a little bit before all the vendors start producing MSIXs. But yeah, that, that is absolutely the future of, of application delivery. So very exciting stuff. 
Yeah, it does sound very exciting. So, so I guess that leads me on to my next question, which is around the challenges. And this is a question for both of you, really. But what, what are the main challenges that you're seeing customers having around the adoption of Windows Virtual Desktop? Um, I'm happily take at least the first part of this. Um, I think that one of the biggest challenges is, is getting rid of uh, an on-premises mindset. You tend to see people think, oh, I need some storage, so I'll stand up some file server VMs, and oh, I need to make those redundant, so I'll stand up even more IA stuff. And and if you have a look at what's available in terms of platform as a service from the cloud, a lot of these old ways of thinking you can you can move away from. For instance, you could use Azure files instead of standing up file servers. And then you've got a consumption-based pricing, something that is uh, much more... Um, resource friendly, much more cost friendly to the to the environment. Um, you know, automating their build of a golden image. Everybody used to use SCCM or or, or endpoint manager as it's now called to do that. And um, you've got services like Azure Image Builder, which relies on 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 Packer to build that that image. And it's sort of like getting people used to the mindset that okay. You want to have as few VMs as possible, and you want to use the underlying platform as much as possible. And so it's a little bit of a journey for some people to to get around that. And of course, you know, it's cloud. It's it's uh, it's all API driven. It's all automatable. So again, infrastructure as code, that sort of thing is all possible in this uh, new environment. And bringing customers on that journey to uh, to get there is. Uh, is I think that the largest challenge in terms of you know the new skill sets, the new knowledge that uh, that needs to be acquired by the customers. Uh, I, I tend to I, I you know obviously I tend to agree with with what Jim's saying. I, I would also add that you know I, I think it's 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 less of a technical challenge. I think it's more of a a, a perception challenge um, from users out there. It's in some cases doing things in a slightly different way than's been done in the past and you know anything like that is you know is a is a mind shift um to, to working in that way you know but what what we've tried to do is make it as easy as possible to you know look at this technology try this technology you can you can download the the you know our, our uh, wvd client from from our website igel.com and and, and just you know, try it and, and see how, you know, you can sort of realize the benefits of doing this for, for a customer's own um, organization. So, you know, I would always strongly recommend, you know, proof of concepts, um, you know, go out there, try it um, and and sort of break down some of the, the, the perceptions or the, the existing way of thinking. Excellent. So, uh, last question, really, I guess, is uh, is around roadmap plans, and I don't, I don't know what you guys can can share with us. But uh, is is there any kind of? Uh, we'll start with with Jim. But are there any roadmap plans that you can share with us that are planned for Windows Virtual Desktop? So, <clears throat> there's a couple of things we can we can share. Now, we've already mentioned the new uh, MSI X um, technology coming down the road. We've also got a lot of exciting uh, other features coming along. There is, if your you, your listeners are um, 
uh, got a, a pencil to hand. If you go to aka.ms slash WVD roadmap, that is our public roadmap, which um, is always updated. Um, you can also look at user voice to see where the engineering team is responding to, to requests and, and, and you can take some, uh, glean some knowledge from, from that. But one of the nice things about cloud, right, is that you can constantly innovate. You can constantly release new features because you don't have to wait for the customer's infrastructure to to, uh, to catch up. The next three months is looking particularly exciting because we've had a chance to look at what the usage is like, what the telemetry is like coming out the service, all of the great feedback we've got from partners and customers. We've incremented the... We've, We've um, we've taken that on board, and now um, over the next three months, we're going to see a lot of new features coming out, which is which is born from that initial feedback. So yeah, lots of exciting things coming. That sounds really interesting. Uh, and from the IGL point of view, James. Yeah, well, as I mentioned earlier, um, I mean, we went with general availability of um, uh, Microsoft WVD support at the end of at the end of January. Um, you know, and without going into specifics but as, as Jim alluded to our, our teams are are working very very closely so there's there's only more good things to come come for that as we as we continue the relationship moving forward a- outside of that um, you know we we constantly look at uh, increasing the flexibility and the choice of all of the integrated solutions into the into the OS so you know, we, we have somewhere between over 80, nearly 100 different um, technology integrations built into the already built into the operating system, you know, right the way from sort of uh, you know, printing, security, um, collaboration, all of those integrations are built in there. And we, we will continue. In fact, um, one thing that is on the roadmap is that we will be announcing in the summer a, a program to streamline that whole process and allow other organizations to you know, almost self-certify um, their solutions into the IGL OS. So you know, really looking at it, you know, how can we increase the breadth and the choice to, to our customers of those integrations. And as, as Jim said, you know, we're releasing, I think I'm right in saying that, you know, on average we're releasing sort of four feature releases a year so it's um yeah it's it's a it's a constant cycle but it's uh you know it's an exciting it's an exciting time for IGEL. I want to thank both uh, Jim and James for joining us on today's um, Cap Gemini podcast. It's been a, a really informative podcast, so thanks very much for joining us. And thank you, the listener, for joining us on the Cap Gemini podcast. You can subscribe to the Cap Gemini podcast by using your favourite podcasting app, for example, iTunes or Stitcher. Um, and we look forward to uh, you joining us in the future. Thank you.